So set me free, free than the ocean. I got to learn the words of songs. <laughs> I got to learn the words to songs. Um, how me I, how my right? Trying to get up my brain. I don't know. <laughs> That's all right, sweet. I don't feel like singing. Go ahead and start the show. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome back to another episode of Who Wake It Make We It Be Mo Shabapa. <laughs> good morning, I'm your host, BMO, your culture analyst, your prognosticator, your bullshit talker, I don't know, your inspiration for the morning. I'm I'm hoping you're having a good morning. I'm hoping that our week off didn't didn't tear you apart too bad. I want to make sure we're saying good morning to the light bulb of my nightstand, okay, to the the brightness of my screen on my monitor. Make sure we're good saying good morning to the lady of the house. Good morning, lady of the house. How you feel? Okay. What do you say? Okay. How you feel? Keep talking. Hi. I don't Hello. know if the people can hear you for real, for real. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm right in front of the mic, so. Okay, well, good morning to the people. We have, uh, as always, we want to shout out the Washington Former Bridge, WIBridgeDC.com or WIBridgeDC, at WIBridge, uh, all social media platforms. Make sure you follow them so you can stay abreast of all the great things that are happening within the city and without the city and through the city and, and for the city and because the city. Shout out to the Washington Former Bridge. We'll start doing some partner curated posts with them very soon. If you're on Instagram, make sure you come check us out on YouTube, you got the full screen video. You can hear the lady of the house. I think, I don't know about loud, but you can hear her clearly today. We're gonna to figure out that during the break. We have some wonderful things we wanna talk about this morning. Uh, this morning, we want to, you know, we took a week off last week because lady of the house uh, had some things she had to do for the betterment of her career. So while she was gone, I definitely was paying attention to some of the things we're saying and some of the things that were going on. And I think this morning we have a, very interesting conversation. We're going to play White Girl Bingo. Are we ready for White Girl Bingo, sweetheart? Yeah. Uh, we're going to play White Girl Bingo. We're going to have a conversation about an art gallery I saw from a very good friend of the show. You know what I mean? Uh, um, uh, uh, a Wake and Bake will be one night, if you will. You know, I haven't been calling them the Wake and Bake will be one nights this season, but y'all all the Wake and Bake will be one nights. Uh, we have a great conversation there. But first... We have a wonderful conversation that I want to continue about the types of ownership that are happening within blackness and try to figure out what is our responsibility to each other as it pertains to the uh, methods of capital. 
Uh, but before we even get there, I want to make sure we shout out the new Blueprint newsletter. Make sure you go check out the new Blueprint newsletter, bmobrown.substack.com. It's on uh, the, uh, if you're on the YouTube and the Twitter and uh, you can see the lower third right now, make sure you go visit that. Check out the newest article that we just dropped from the newsletter, which is the writings of the white N-word. Those of you who are already wake and bake with B-Mo Nights, you already know that the white N-word is... White. White. Uh, you don't even have to say it specially. You could just call them white to their face. Uh, so definitely go read that out. Read the written machination of this exiled revolutionary to figure out what's going on there. And with that being said, sweetheart, I feel like I've done enough uh, prepping and talking and getting people ready for the situation. Is it time for the show? Yeah, it's time for the show. It's time for the show? It's time for the show, Nada. Uh, who in the house? Yeah. Yaj. Yaj, good morning, man. How you doing, brother? You doing all right? I sent you on tour, all right? Oh, yeah, right. I sent you on tour. Your hair getting long. You're looking pretty. What's yeah. up, man? <laughs> and good vibe, tribe. Good vibe, good vibe, tribe. Good morning. Hey. Who we got on we got, Oh, I got Chris Allen on here. What's up, Chris Allen, huh? Oh, hey. I'm talking, getting out. I wonder if I will. <laughs> Lately, I've been thinking about a house on the hill. That's my jam, by the way. If you didn't know, if you didn't know, that is a, it goes platinum in the Nappy Palace, if you, if you feel what I'm saying. Uh, good morning. Huh? It's a summertime hit. It is a summertime. In the summer. <laughs> hmm? I do play it in the summer? Yeah. Yeah. I play it in the shower while I'm trying to get ready for my day. I'm talking good now. I wonder if I will. <laughs> Maybe I should have sang that at the beginning of the show instead of uh, my attempts to sing some Afro beats. Because Lord have mercy. I don't know what she's saying unless I'm reading the, the lyrics along with the song. Anyway, let's get to the show. Lady of the House. Who we talking about first? I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh, oh, oh. So uh, I think it was a week ago or a couple weeks ago now, we played a video, which we're going to play here in a moment, but we played a video that was exposing the strategy of black ownership within capitalism. It was a video that created a dichotomy between we'll call the Charlemagne way and the Dame Dash way or the Jay-Z way and the Tyler Perry way, right? There are two different perspectives in which you can own black capital and grow blackly. Uh, and they have been exposed pretty, pretty recently in public. But anyway, there is one perspective that says, um, I build and I create an asset so that I can sell portions of this asset so that I can scale up and make sure I can get as much money as possible, right? And then there is another perspective of business. We call that first perspective of business. We'll call it the Jay-Z way. We'll call that the Charlemagne way because these individuals have been known to say, hey, what does it mean to own zero or 100% or nothing? Then there is the... The other way, there's a Dame Dash way, there's a Tyler Perry way, which I have 100% ownership of everything that I have and everything that I'm trying to do for blackness, through blackness, from blackness, is being uh, uh, monetized from black people 100%. I got all black labor in this situation. We're creating the systems, the relevant black systems that'll take us to a liberated point. Uh, and I feel like sometimes when we talk about that, it's so, it's so nebulous. Like we're talking about capitalism, which is a, it's an economic and governmental strategy. We're talking about uh, different uh, uh, strategies of ownership, which feels like so nebulous to the people who don't have money, who don't have access to capital, who aren't interested in ownership. I'm going to show you why I think the, the difference between the two strategies is so important. And it just so happens 
that uh, uh, organization they're called the Gathering Spots is going through a bit of black turbulation, if you will. The Gathering Spot is going through a bit of a black turbulation. Sweetheart, if you could show some of these pictures, I think it's responsibility via the job. And I, I believe it's a, you got to click through because I didn't, I didn't, uh, uh, I didn't, I didn't gave it up first. But if you haven't been ta- paying attention, last year, May twenty twenty two, the gathering spot, which uh, when they came to D.C., they told me they were like a black country club, right? And which I said, I don't know if niggas need country clubs, but I appreciate you building a space intentionally for blackness, five, for blackness by blackness for the benefit of blackness. We appreciate you, gathering spot. Okay, that's TK and Ryan. These are the founders of the gathering spot. I shook their hand in park (laughs) on park on 14. Shook their hand in the club. You know, that means sweetheart. That means there's a mutual respect. You shake a nigga hand in the club. That means you got respect for life, right? That's how I go. (laughs) Is that how it work? Okay. Okay. I shook the nigga's hand in the club. I agreed with what they said. I said, you know what? I don't know if we need this type of classism. But we definitely need a spot for black people, by black people, for the benefit of black folks. Right? Right? Yeah. Um, In May 2022, the gathering spot was acquired for $50 million, which I feel like is a lot of money. Right? That's a lot of money. $50 million by Greenwood Bank. Now, if you've been paying attention, Greenwood Bank is a black-founded bank. Mm -hmm. Right? This is the bank that Killer Mike was being... An ambassador for, I think it was during the pandemic, all under this mindset, in order to free black folks, we need to have central places for black money, right? That's what they said. So Greenwood Bank, the gathering spot, two black institutions. One acquired the other black institution. If I'm not mistaken, sweetheart, I believe they got the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award for the innovative approach of creating more black capital by acquiring black spaces that create black capital. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a year, I don't know if y'all was paying attention, but over the weekend, there was some spicy drama coming out of the Jack and Jill gathering spot, country club, spaces of blackness. Oh, I'm finna go in. Mm-hmm. I can feel it right now. I can feel it right now. There was some drama that was going on. TK, the CEO of the gathering spot was fired and replaced by a board recommendation from Greenwood Bank. Now, sweetheart, we don't got to be geniuses on the show, but I want I want you to guess who's on the board at Greenwood Bank. Is it the same black representatives that they was putting in our face when they said Greenwood Bank was coming alive? No. No. Who was it, sweetheart? Go ahead. Tell me about it. Somebody white. It was the white man's. Mm -mm. They put the white man's on the board for Greenwood Bank. Why does that? What does that mean, Bima? What are you saying? What are you saying? What I'm saying is this conversation started off. I want to remind you. This conversation started off with a dichotomy. The dichotomy of ownership, right? On one end, we had the Jay-Z and Charlemagne side. On the other end, we had the Tyler Perry and Dame Dash side. Own 50%, 10%, 20%, 50%, 10%, 20%, whatever percent of your business, sell it off to other people so that you can scale. That's the Charlemagne way. Own 100% of your situation, own all of your positions and label, and make your money through blackness, for blackness, for the benefit of blackness. That is the Dame Dash way. Now, what happened with Green? What happened with Greenwood Bank? What we see with Greenwood Bank and the gathering spot is we see a clash, right? So just remind you, TK 
fired from the gathering spot. The Greenwood Bank uses their white board of directors to replace him with a white man. The members of the gathering spot, including, what's that boy from um, TMZ? Van Jones? Van Latham? What's not Van Latham? <laughs> Van Jones? <laughs> Van Latham. <laughs> Van Van? No. Van Jones said the reason why we go to the gathering spot is so that we can be in a space for black, by black, for the benefit of blackness. The moment you replace the chief financial officer or the chief executive officer or any C-suite nigga with a non-nigga, you are now going against the mission and purpose of why people join the gathering spot. Exactly. How did this happen? <laughs> I believe, I could be totally wrong, but I believe Ryan and TK were on the, the Dame Dash train. I got 100% of this thing. I built it for us. I built it by us. Now I want to sell it back to us so I can go on to the next thing. But the Greenwood Bank was not on that same time. No. The Greenwood Bank was on, I want to acquire as much as possible. I want to scale and I want to make sure this bank is making as much money as possible. And as much money as possible is code word for sell it to white people too. So then when these situations arise, the question always comes to my mind the same question I've been asking since season two. What are we supposed to do with niggas with money? <laughs> what are we supposed to do? A moment ago, it was nebulous. If Jay-Z wants to keep, what's that boy name? Basquiat's pictures in the living room for the benefit of his kids. I mean, I guess. It's a little selfish, but do we all need Basquiat? I guess not. I mean, I, probably not. That's one thing. But when we take it to actual gathering spaces, spaces for and designed by, with the benefit of black people in mind, when we sell those spaces so that white people can also enjoy them, so that a few individuals can scale up their financial aptitude, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But, I, I, but what I see in this situation is a beautiful a beautiful example. So right now, uh, the gathering spot is in litigation. They are suing Greenwood Bank uh, for missing a few payments for fraud. But one of the other things that the gathering spot is suing for is to reclaim ownership of the gathering spot. Mm -mm. <laughs> Why? Because I gave it to y'all and you fucked it up. <laughs> I told you I wanted an all black space and the first thing you do is fire my founder and replace him with a white boy? No. I want my shit back. Yeah. I want my shit back. I ain't time to play. Y'all niggas was playing outside every day. Okay? <laughs> playing ass, little ass niggas. Anyway, so that's the... That's the, the real life implication, right? We've seen the gathering spot. We now see Greenwood Bank, two black owned institutions. One institution uh, is being semi-controlled by a board of directors that aren't black. Another institution was founded by two members who gave that power to Greenwood Bank. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing on the internet, a lot of people got smoke for the gathering spot right now. A lot of people got smoke for the gathering spot. A lot of people had smoke for, sweetheart, you can go back a picture. A lot of people had smoke for Shea Moisture as well. Shea Moisture sold themselves. I remember Richard Dish, what's the boy's name? Richard, uh, what's his name? Mm. That boy, the boy who founded Shea Moisture. 
He said he got the recipe for shea butter from his ancestors in Africa, sold it out his trunk in New York, became every favorite black person's favorite black brand. But then he saw that scary word. He saw that word scale, sweetheart. He saw the infinite possibilities of being a beauty brand, of being Maybelline or Revlon or uh, what's a really old one? Um, Estee Lauder. Estee Lauder. He saw the gleam of being in those realms. And instead of doubling down on his people, he sold to Unilever for $400 million and decided to give 20 bucks to black folks as a thank you. <laughs> Richard, uh, oh, I, I forgot his name that fast. Richard Richard Lou Dennis. Thank you, Donovan. Thank you, Donovan. I won't I won't reveal why you know, but I appreciate you. And he also said Van Lathan, not uh, Van Jones. Is Van Lathan? That's what he said. Who's Van Jones? Van Jones is that uh that lawyer, right? Who's Van Lathan? That <laughs> the TMZ guy, right? That's not the same nigga? No. Van Jones was helping Kim Kardashian become a lawyer, right? I don't know, nigga. <laughs> I thought that was the same. No. <laughs> I thought his name was Van Lathan Jones. That's not him? <laughs> Are they both dark skinned and bald? Yeah. He's wow. The guy is Van Jones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's a lawyer. Hey, what y'all niggas got? What's your real name if your name is Van? Donovan? Or Van? Vanessa? <laughs> anyway. Van Lee. Um, yeah. Shea Moisture caught that same smoke when. Uh, when they decided to join Unilever and sell parts of themselves or full of themselves to Unilever. And it's not the selling that I think that upsets folks, black folks specifically. It's the, what about us? I thought we were creating a space for us, by us, for the benefit of us. I turn around and now we got white girls using coconut oil. What? What? <laughs> I thought these were the secrets. Anyway. Um... Uh, and then lastly, you know who um, you know who's not catching smoke for the same thing? We see the gathering spot is catching smoke. We see uh, 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 Shea Moisture is catching smoke. We see Greenwood Bank is catching smoke. We see Spill is catching smoke because they want to expand beyond just the black demographic. You know who's not catching smoke right now? Rihanna. <laughs> and this leads me. And maybe because black women are a little more compassionate and empathetic, therefore I can think more empathetically about them. But um, how often do they got to cut the grass around here? God damn. <laughs> anyway, when I look at Rihanna's face and I see that she recently stepped down as CEO and was replaced by a white woman, um, I wonder, and then I hear the rumors, same thing that happened at Greenwood Bank and, and, uh, uh, and the gathering spot, is that although Rihanna stepped down and although she is an owner and founder of the situation, this hire may have been a board uh, recommendation. Right. But in either case, you got these board members suggesting white folks step into these positions that are supposed to be, that should be for black folks. But then I think about should. Then I think about deserve. Then I think about responsibility. Do these individuals, and let me just put it on Rihanna's back right now, because we didn't talk about Jay-Z, we didn't talk about uh, Richard Dennis, Richard Lou Dennis, we didn't talk about Ryan and TK, we didn't talk about the founders of, of Greenwood Bank. Let's put it in the lap of this black woman. Is there a responsibility? Is Rihanna responsible for hiring another black CEO? I mean, 
you would think that, but she doesn't own 100% of the company, so. Would that be the hill you would die on, though? What? Okay, she don't own 100% of the company, right? Cool, whatever. But, like, she is still the star of the company. Yeah. How hard are we expecting Rihanna to go to make sure that the next CEO of Fenty is black? Knowing that there is a tragic minority of black people and women in C-suite positions at Fortune 500 companies. How hard will we expect Rihanna to go to make sure a black woman was replacing her as CEO? And is that her responsibility? Yeah, I was asking you. I was asking you, sweetheart. <laughs> I was asking you. How hard were you expecting Rihanna to go to replace herself as CEO? And is that her responsibility? Um, I feel like it's hard to quantify how hard, but I think she should have, you know, at least strongly advocated for and pushed for, you know, a black CEO to replace her. Um, But I can't also see her, like... <laughs> You know, begging or, you know, anything like that. Begging? Yeah. <laughs> hey, y'all, please, <laughs> please, LVMH, please buy her a black woman. Right. And is it her responsibility? Is it her responsibility? Uh. Like, is that in the... Has she ever really done anything for blackness? Uh-oh, Drake. What do you say? Has she ever done anything for black... Like, like specifically, specifically yeah. for blackness? Not just, I'm black in this space. But I want to do things to make sure other black people are in this space. Right. Because we know Beyonce has. Mm -hmm. But I can't think of any moment in time that Rihanna has done that. I mean, the most I could say is probably her fashion shows, but it includes everybody. So. Hmm. So you asked me a question before we got on. And then I read uh, just a little quick article right, right as we were about to jump on. The question was that you asked me, sweetheart, I think it was something like, who was she supposed to replace herself with? Yeah. Right? So I just said a second ago, there is a tragic minority of black people and women in these C-suite positions. Mm -hmm. So was Rihanna supposed to find one of these minorities? Was she supposed to tap into the talented 90 in energy and be like, you know what? I know there are plenty of black folks out here with the skill who have never had the experience. Let me give them their first C-suite job at this Fortune 500 company. Was that what she was supposed to do? Would that have been the revolutionary thing to do? Yeah, it would have been revolutionary. But, <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you confused? Yeah, because I feel like supposed to, like, you know, but then I'm also thinking, like, Shouldn't we have a responsibility to our race and to uphold? Right. Right. If on this show we constantly say, or we constantly make fun of the people who like are fighting for liberation and fighting for justice, but then have all these rules of what it means to be liberated. Is this one of these rules? Like, is it unfair 
for me to expect black folks to advance blackness. If the solution is really getting rid of the whole racial caste system, is it unfair to expect black folks to give back to blackness? You know, I I don't think it is because pretty much every other race does that for their own, you know? Damn, that's true. Right. <laughs> we the only ones. <laughs> Damn, that's kind of true. Yeah. Damn, that's kind of true. And I don't want to get into a comparative analysis here, but when you look at you look at the Jewish folks, they do that. You look at the Amish folks, you mm-hmm. do that. You look at the Japanese people, they do that. Right. You look at the Chinese, you look at they they do that. Mm-hmm. You look at white folks, they do that. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to us, right, who's best for it's the every job? Man for themselves. Yeah. yeah. And that, you know what's crazy? And you know it's not even every man for themselves. I believe niggas feel like if they provide for their families and their community, they've done enough. That that's the solution. This is. This is community by providing for the people who are immediately around me. I don't know, man. Maybe because I'm not a nigga with money yet or ever will be. I don't know. Maybe because I'm not a CEO. Well, I guess I am sort of. Well, like maybe because I haven't been acquired and haven't had to replace myself with someone else. It don't seem that hard. It don't seem that difficult to go find a black person who was qualified for the position as a black person. And now if I was white, I could see how that'd be difficult. I wouldn't know where to look. Right. But as a black person, I know what I know what a CEO niggas are. Yeah. I know CEO nigga strategies. Mm-hmm. And specifically nigga strategies from CEOs. <laughs> yeah. I know this. Could they step in and be the CEO of Fenty? I don't know. I don't know. But I think a fair question is when we look at these situations, we got smoke for Shea Moisture for selling to Unilever and leaving us without a prominent black hair care product for a few years because another black product stepped up in its, in its absence. Um, we have smoke for them. If we wanted to have smoke for Honeypot because they sold themselves to Unilever, although they didn't, if we have smoke for uh, uh, Jay-Z and his strategy of building wealth through labor, labor that's not controlled by himself, if we have smoke for Charlemagne, who's doing the same thing, smoke for... Kevin Hart, whose new special is trash, by the way, uh, do the same thing, then should we have that same energy for Rihanna? Should we be expecting black folks to do more for themselves so that the race can advance? Or are we all supposed to be like, oh, look at you. Oh, we're so proud, Rihanna. Good job. You replaced yourself with a white woman. We're so proud. <laughs> we're so proud that your business can scale. We're so proud that your family is making more money. Meanwhile, I'm still in the ghetto where they cut the grass every three days. I don't understand. Noise pollution. <laughs> we got any comments, sweetheart? Uh, or what do you what are your thoughts before we get to the comments? Yeah. I, I feel like she does have a responsibility to the race. Um, but like I said, I don't know if she's ever actually done anything for blackness. Specifically, so. I wonder what the people think. What do people think? Do you think that Rihanna, the boys at uh, the gathering spot and the folks at Greenwood and the, the leaders of business and BET, do you think these individuals have a responsibility to over-index, uh, 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 over-index solutions towards black companies? Is it the same thing we did to Obama? Like we expected Obama to fix all the black problems, although he was the president of the United States? Right. 
Is that a wrong expectation? You know, I'm still figuring this out, sweetheart. I don't know if I have a blueprint for it yet. It's still, it's still building. It's still building? Yeah. It don't feel right, though. It don't feel right that, and I'm thinking, about, I'm thinking about Fenty specifically. It don't feel right that they built that company off a of black, a black body and black bodies, and then at the first chance they get, they replace the founder with a white woman with experience. And you know, I'm wondering if they fired TK because I also read a report last night on on the Gathering Spot that Greenwood Bank is mad that they don't feel like the gathering spot is as profitable as they want it to be. Mm. But like, and I wonder if that's why they fired TK because TK was like, oh, this is, this is good. We're still building. We're still growing. I know my people will be here in a moment. Yeah. And Greenwood Bank wants it now. So they were like, I'm going to replace you and put somebody in here that I know is going to make money for me right now, even though if that's cutting some of the blackness out of your program. Hmm. Also, I feel like if it wasn't making money, why would they acquire it? So they could make it money. So they could be the new Soho house. So it could be the new Dumbo house. So it could be the new country club, essentially. That's the same thing that Spill did. It's the same thing that Digga said in Spill. It's like, yes, we are building a space for us, by us, for the benefit of us. But we want to make sure that after it gets to a certain level, we expose it to everybody. So the Asians and whites and everybody can enjoy the situation. And I wonder if Greenwood Bank wants to do the same thing. Instead of having this gathering spot specifically for blackness, I wonder if the profitability of blackness is so low that you know what? We got to get you out of here so we can bring this white boy. And the crazy thing about it, unless Greenwood goes under, under unless Greenwood goes under, the gathering spot will be successful. Yeah. They will make money because the, the cultural house business strategy is already successful. What else we got? We got some comments. What we got? Uh, got some people on Instagram. Uh, be the great. He said, "Keep it going, bro." Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. We got Unoya. Unoya. Uh, billboard bloke. Hey, what's up, man? He said, "That's Chris." Okay. Oh, oh, Chris Cardi. Yeah. Oh, used to be the district bloke before. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. He said, "Good morning to the lady of the house." Sup, Bimo. Sup. Um. Y'all said Van Lathan Jones is hilarious. That's the same nigga, man. <laughs> you cannot get the two different people. Yeah. All right. Well, let uh, me shut my horror mouth. Go ahead. I said yes and good morning, y'all. Good hey, morning. Rodwa. We also got Rodwa. Hey. Rodwa! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, about time for that coffee, Rodwa. It's about time. I'm not sure how to pronounce this. I don't want to butcher it. Uh, Hedai Sunshine. Hedy Lee Sunshine? Hedy Lee Sunshine. That's my homegirl, Erica. What up, Erica? Oh, hi. Um, Erica! What happened to our Erica Americas? No, oh, it's okay. Oh, we got Naya. Good, Good morning. Good morning. Hey. And then Micah said, I feel like I've said this on the show before, but reminder, Robin is not an American black person. That's what I was thinking. I didn't want to say it, though, but she's not. Right. Exactly. She goes way out of her way on behalf of the people she actually considers to be her people. Okay, that's fair. Ah. That's fair. She's not a black, like she's not American black. Okay. On YouTube. I guess. <laughs> Drew said good morning. Hey, I Drew. Guess. Let me look at her. The woman look at her Bayesian. Or was it Barbasian? 
Bayesian. Yeah, let me look at her Bayesian uh, 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 impact. She ain't replaced it with no Bayesian, but go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> okay, we got Drew. Say good morning. Donovan um, Max said, Wake me up! Van Jones. That's not what he said. <laughs> Van Jones' real name is Anthony. What? <laughs> How? Go ahead. No, I don't want to know. I don't care. Drew said, If black folks don't advance blackness, nobody will. Facts. Facts. And then he said, taking care of your community first is important because you solve problems at home before venturing out. Right. Very true. Nothing makes me more confident in my comedy skills than seeing how trash Kevin Hart is. And he <laughs> <makes> so much <laughs> money. <laughs> Yo, I've watched, I've only watched like three clips from the Kevin Hart special that's on Peacock right now. But like all his jokes sound like jokes that like we grew up with. Yeah. It didn't sound like. You know, as you were listening to it, I thought you were listening to an old special. No. Wow. <laughs> no, like all his jokes are like he's either out of touch. Like some of the jokes are jokes that we make on Twitter. He's either like not on Twitter, out of touch, or he just like sucks now. Or he too focused on that damn money. Mm-hmm. Too focused on that damn money. He didn't lost the genius. I heard Quincy Jones. Did you know that Quincy Jones was the founder of Vibe magazine? <laughs> Every time I think I'm getting away from Quincy Jones, that nigga's still there. Mm. Anyway, um, Quincy Jones said when you start talking about when you start talking about money, creativity and God leaves the room. Mm. And I feel like this all this nigga talk about is money. I feel like that's I watched the interview series of him on Peacock. This man don't have no prepared questions. They aren't deep. It's not a great interview series. He's just talking to people about like trauma they've been through and letting them guide themselves through interviews. Then I'm watching the the TV special, I don't know why this became a critique of Kevin Hart all of a sudden, but I'm watching the TV, the the comedy special. It's not funny. It's old jokes. But he's got the liquor brand on stage. I see this nigga name everywhere as it comes to like brand endorsements, but this man hasn't been funny in a long time. <laughs> Since he, there's like a certain level of hunger, you know, when you're. Yeah. Yeah. Because seriously funny. Right. My God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Seriously funny will go down as one of the funniest specials I've ever seen. It was seriously funny. <laughs> we got any more uh, comments, sweetheart? Chris said Van Differentiator Key. Lathan-y-key. So there are two different Van and other yes. people knew this? Yes. <laughs> Van. <laughs> yes. Van uh, Lathan equals good and Jones equals me. <laughs> Hey, you, this reminds me of the time when I, uh, on the show, uh, discovered that Kylie Jenner is a white girl. Yes. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> it's a white girl. <laughs> Not even mixed. She both parents white. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, y'all, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to roll this blunt. We're going to play Tone Che by my man Michael Robinson featuring Tashira. Make sure you check that out on all streaming platforms and video watching. Black- well, it's only on one video watching platform. Are there other video watch Vimeo? Niggas going to Vimeo? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I go to Vimeo when there's some certain bootleg things on there. Or Daily Motion. <laughs> you remember Daily Motion? No? Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get this. Are you trying to get this video popping? My bad, sweetheart. Um, wait, you, how'd you get the sources to the other side? That, I, I told you this. I don't, don't even worry about it. That's all right, though. We'll be right back with more. Wake it, make with it. Be mo. Damn, I ain't like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and I'm laughing at the laughing at the transition, sweetheart. It was so smooth and, and well faded. I appreciate you. <laughs> you said we got some comments? Yeah. Uh Good Vibe Tribe says. Good vibe. Good vibe tribe. Go ahead. It's not funny anymore. Tell different jokes in quotes. Who? Uh Kevin Hart? Yeah. Yeah, ma'am. We said, get it. You little. Right. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Drew said art takes a hit when money gets involved. The machine wants artists to churn out generic, mind-numbing material that can be sold to the masses for profit. It's why AI is such a threat. Mm -mm. I think we have to talk about it on Thursday. Yeah. Because the the thing that's happening, although I want people want to say that the SAG uh, and the Writers Guild strikes are kind of like small yeah. because it's about movie and television shows, but. TV, radio, and film are the forefronts of how we record memory. Right. It is more than entertainment. It's more than, oh, I watched The Bear. It's the emotional connection that you have to a piece of media that allows you to continually express your life in romantic ways outside of your own, like, cognization. Mm -hmm. So, like, the fact that those things are being suppressed by a machine and individuals who are only worried about finances is scary as fuck. Right. And we should talk about that on Thursday. We're not gonna talk about it today because I didn't write it down in my in my thing. And there's other things I want to talk. What else we want to talk about today? We had uh, we had uh, we had more recent. Uh, what you want to play now? You want to play White Girl Bingo? You want? Huh? Oh, go ahead. Go with the comments. While I roll this blunt. Um, Drew said, "True, genuine art where people invest their heart and soul into it takes time." It isn't for everyone, but it's nourishing to the audience who wants it. Mm -hmm. People aren't al algorithms and codes. We can tell when something has been generalized and half-assed by a computer. For black creatives... Are you sure? <laughs> and who is we? Maybe the we in that question is... Is... Not as universal as we think it is. Oh, that... Because I'm watching niggas be fooled. So there is a new... 
there's a new nasty trend in which they are depicting stars nude via AI. Yeah. Now, mind you, this this is not new. Like we've been yeah. juxtaposing faces onto fake bodies since you could do it since pictures, essentially. Yeah. Um, I forgot why I was saying that. Oh, but these pictures, when people retweet them and people talk about them, there is a confusion in the comments because hmm. AI has gotten better. The fingers don't look weird anymore. If you go look at Curry's page. You go look at all the things that Curry is generating through AI, during through AI for blackness. These images don't look weird anymore. The technology is definitely getting better. And I want you to know the technology that is available to us is a commercial technology. What do you think Warner Brothers has? Right. What do you think Disney has? What do you think they've had for decades at this right. point? <laughs> On Thursday. Keep going with the comments. Also, um, I thought you were going to refer to that trend on TikTok where the people are acting like AI or NPCs. Oh, I'm going to get, we, yeah. you know what, we'll talk about that on Thursday. Right, right. We'll talk about that on yeah, Thursday. Because uh, yeah. um, I think that is more, we'll talk about it on Thursday. We'll talk about it on Thursday. <laughs> Drew says, for black creatives, we're in the modern day John Henry versus the machine fighting for our rights to exist in an already predominantly white me- mediocrity space. White Drew, mediocrity. I'd like you to meet Maurice. Maurice, Drew, Drew, Maurice. <laughs> One of the war bonds, if you remember correctly. Was John Henry? Yeah. Uh, Good vibe, Trapper says, "I love her voice. That run was beautiful." Oh, Tashira. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wasting your time. That's all I know. <laughs> huh? Okay, sweetheart. <laughs> uh, Drew said the writers and actors strike is much bigger than they say. It's about individuals, you and me included, having the rights to our own image. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Someone could take Wake and Bake with Bemo and have your face supporting Ron DeSantis for all we know. <laughs> I'm saying. Right. Speaking of Ron DeSantis, have you noticed that the white folks are over Ron DeSantis? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to be their savior. No. <laughs> this man is wild. This man is wild. He only focused on black issues. Right. <laughs> you can call it whatever you want to call it. You can call it woke. You can call it anti-woke. But you can call it don't say gay, but you focused on black issues, baby. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what you call it. Uh, Drew said lots of AI apps are sneaking into the terms and conditions, surrendering your rights when you take a picture of your face. Right. Mm. Oh, damn. Pass me a tip, sweetheart. And Instagram, Chris said, he been smoking that AI art. Talking about Curry. Curry. Curry been killing that shit. And Maurice said, Brother Maurice is here. Mm. Yeah, Brother Maurice is here. We're going to talk about you here in a second, Maurice. We're going to do a whole review of your gallery here in a moment. Uh, but first, sweetheart. Sweetheart, or the lady of the house, Imani. Uh, she was at a <laughs> training so every time you're around these white folks, something wild happens. Oh yeah, because they, because they. White people, white people want to be your friend. <laughs> what do you say? They don't want to control okay, themselves. Sure don't. Also, I'm laughing at what Chris said. You, you see it? What do you, you say? Gotta, you got to see it. Oh, Ron, this ain't us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they. Yeah, I think they're excited to to say they know a black person. Yeah. And so, what happens in this excitement, sweetheart? They just start. <laughs> <laughs> it's like word bomb. Like they just start saying every, basically everything that. <laughs> what am I trying to say? I don't know. <laughs> all of the, all of the, like the the keywords and the the sound bites that yeah. you assume that white people would say. Yeah, they they end up saying them. Like a bingo card. Yeah. So, 
Do you have you have your bingo card in front of you? Do you have the five phrases that got you the white girl bingo? I got seven. But oh shit! <laughs> Blackout. <laughs> what you got? Okay. Um, the first thing was being called racist is just as bad as the N word. <laughs> All of these are statements that were said to me directly. In your face. In my face. In hushed tone? Yes, in hushed tone. Of course. <laughs> Specifically that that statement. Like she wouldn't say racist out loud. She said racist. Right. It's um, as bad as the N-word. As bad Did as she say N-word. nigger? No, she didn't. She mm. said the N-word. Right. Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. What and else? She said, I kept thinking about it for days and people kept asking me if I was all right. And I was like, no. <laughs> she was sitting there all. <laughs> oh, you gotta you gotta tell me the whole what happened? Why was she? What happened? She was in, I think, Detroit, I want to say, and she was talking about she was with her boyfriend. They're walking around looking at the architecture and the bluffs and the mountains and just taking it all in. <laughs> and she whispered, a black man was on a bike behind her, and he kept barking at her. And she turned around was like, what, what was happening? But just turned back around because, like, that's all he did. Yeah. So he did it maybe two or three more times. And then, then he started yelling at her and called her racist or something. And I guess he told her to move. I don't really know. Cause she didn't. She wasn't clear on exactly what he was trying to say. And so then she was talking about how hurt she was, and she's not a racist. And she she said something about he he called her boyfriend white boy or I don't know something like that. So yeah, that's that's the context. Oh jeez. Right. <laughs> and so she now she's been traumatized, and she's, she feels like that's as bad as as the N word. Then. Uh, she said, I don't want to be like that, but I have black friends. I even have a black friend that's like a mother to me, and I talk to her all the time and tell her I love her. Right. So she's got a black friend and a black mammy. Okay. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Then she said, we don't even know for sure if my family owns slaves. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even know for sure if my family own slaves. Also, what a statement. <laughs> Her father worked for NASA, so, you wow. know, take that as you they will. They own slaves. What exactly. exactly. Okay. Um, and then she said, I try to judge people on the content of their character. Right. <laughs> and then she went into going to the Caribbean and talking about the country she went to and how nice and welcoming the people were. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, oh, another one. She mentioned George Floyd, Rihanna Taylor, and the others because she couldn't remember their names damn right, right. <laughs> i think there was one more point but that's all i can remember for now she couldn't do the starting five she only had the two right <laughs> i was like is this real life like i didn't know people really talked like this but she didn't talk to me the, the last day i was you know at the class so i figured either she realized she went too far or maybe my face was saying something oh. <laughs> she did not talk to me <laughs> She had that. Uh, she had that counsel with her black mother after the thing. Like, yeah, I told her all these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, sweetheart, I appreciate the black, the the white girl, uh, bingo. We got to make a little card. <laughs> we got. What else should be on the link on the bingo list? Let's see here. I don't interact with white folks enough that I get these. What are these called? Microaggressions. Yeah, I think so. Wake up, bagel. Be my nice. Do me a favor. Jump into these comments real fast and get me some of your favorite <laughs> white microaggressions. Okay, I need your favorite 
white microaggressions. We got some comments. Oh, we got some comments already? Go (laughs) for it. Now it said, LOL, getting your feelings hurt and being oppressed systematically is not the same, (laughs) ma'am. Right. Right. Getting your feelings hurt (laughs) and being oppressed systematically. Right. Two different things. (laughs) (laughs) Who said that? That's true, though. It's so true. Uh, Akila said, Grand Rising, BMO, Lady of the House, and BMO Nights, happy, happy. Akila! Hey, Akila. It's been so long, Akila. Right. And then Naya said, she said all the things. She did. Yeah. She said them all. That's all of them? She won seven for seven? Yeah. I feel like there was one more, but I can't remember right now. And then Drew said, this is the whitest shit I've heard in the past month, and I live in Texas during July 4th. Right. That's crazy. How'd it make you feel, sir? Express your, let's, let's, let's work through your emotions. My emotions! Uh, it took me back to being in high school when my history teacher asked me if any, if any people in my family were slaves. And I was like, yeah. That's what it, that's what it felt like to me. Like, why are you saying these things? <laughs> why are you asking me this? Right. <laughs> What you think? (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) Yeah, just um, it felt like she was trying to connect, but didn't really know how to. And I'm, I'm like, it just, I'm a person, you know, like, (laughs) I don't know. So, walk me through your dream scenario where she does come up to you, connects with you, and then y'all go on to be friends. And see, how would that happen? Initially, we were talking about like clothes and outfits and stuff, like Mm -hmm. where she gets her her outfits from. It could have been that and then turned into, you know, because she was also talking about her travels and places she's been. It could have been that, you know, talking about life experiences versus race. (laughs) (laughs) Came in. How I have black friends and Jesus. What am I supposed to say to you got black friends? Oh, I want to be one. Is that what? Yeah, right. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, I want to know some of your favorite microaggressions from white folks. It's been a long time. We got a few from Drew. What we got? He says, you're so well-spoken. Oh, oh my geez. God. Yeah. You're so well-mannered. Uh. You know both your parents? <laughs> That's crazy. If you can say it, why can't I? <laughs> oh, and she's 40, so, you know. Like... <laughs> I thought this was a young white girl. I didn't know that part. No. It's a 40-year-old woman? 40-year-old woman with a 14-year-old son. Lord have right. mercy. Lord have mercy. I hope you don't like black girls. <laughs> or black boys. <laughs> My goodness. What else we got? That's all we got. Yeah, basically, I feel like, <laughs> I don't know if we have a lot of work to do, but <laughs> they do. Uh, Yeah, they do. As I was writing the, I finished up the white N-word for the uh, the new Blueprint newsletter. Mm-hmm. So now I can focus on uh, the recap from the parlor. But as yeah. I was writing the white N-word, it dawned on me do white people have a Martin Luther King? <laughs> like, not like someone they all love. No, specifically, is there a white person who's trying to convince white people that whiteness is poisonous? 
like the fact that the system of racial caste was developed for the benefit of white people has actually limited white people. Is there a white person who was doing that? Do they have a Martin Luther King? I'll make it, I'll go further back in time. Do they have a W.E.B. Du Bois, a thinker? Do they have a Booker T. Washington, a, 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 a capitalist who tried to figure out segregation and still work? I'll go further back. Do they have a Frederick Douglass? Do they have an abolitionist? A nigga who will write, at least write, about the bravery it takes to break away from this system. I'll go back even further. Do they have a Harriet Tubman? Do they have anyone who is trying to escape them from plantations? Do, I'll go back even further. <laughs> Do they have a Kunta Kinte? Do they have at least one person saying, no, that's not my name. I'll go back even further. Do they have unnamed niggas who jumped off the boat? No. <laughs> the answer to all of those questions is no. <laughs> Boy, I'm afraid for white folks, man. I'm scared, man. Yeah. I'm scared, man, because this thing, this thing, this race thing is going to fall down. It's already falling down and white people are panicking. They are shook. Yeah. <laughs> white people are scared. That's why they're hanging on the old blueprints. Yeah, let's get Ron DeSantis in here. That's all I know. All I know is to talk about black issues from the white side. That's all I know. My goodness. <laughs> but yeah, when we were writing uh, the white N-word, it was like, oh, this became very clear. There is no there is no liberator of the white space within white people. No. Therefore, there is no, there is no like, there's nobody who wrote the book for white people that's like, hey, maybe you shouldn't approach black people this way. They still listening to us. Right. <laughs> that's kind of crazy to think about. And you uh, know the, the closest people I can think of for whiteness would be like, Maybe Karl Marx and like France Fanon, but <laughs> France Fanon was black. <laughs> oh damn! See, <laughs> um, maybe Karl Marx. And even then, that's and they like they shun Marxism in America. Exactly, so. exactly. So, goodness gracious, goodness gracious, and white people don't even know this. This this forty year old white woman and the forty year old white woman who emailed you think that they are doing the right things. Right. <laughs> you know what you should do? You got her number? I got her on Facebook. <laughs> you should send her the white N word. Yeah. I don't, you and I aren't the same person and white people don't approach me like this, but if they started approaching me this way, I'd send them that. Okay. I, I, you know, I'll be your Martin Luther King for now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> for now. What's up? Drew said the closest white MLK I can think of is Father Michael Flegg. Yeah, yeah. From yeah. Chicago. We yeah. talked about him before. Yeah, yep. we did. Mm -hmm. Yep. I throw Rachel Dozal in there. But y'all don't want to hear it, though. That's all right. I'm spending all of uh, season four <laughs> to convince you <laughs> that Rachel Dozal is the future. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Um, okay, we got another comments? No, that's it. Okay, for sure. We got one more thing that we want to do. Oh, wait, my bad. Sorry, oh, you got bad. some comments. Sorry, mm-hmm. Go ahead, my bad. Go ahead. Uh, let's see. Chris said, when white people make you uncomfortable by trying to make you comfortable, it's the most awkward shit to be around. Oh, my God. Facts. Edit by trying to do what they think will make you comfortable. Right. Like, bro, just let me be uncomfortable, man. Right. Exactly. It's okay. I'll be, I'll work it out. Right. <laughs> it's not your job. Right. Because <laughs> the last time you tried to comfort my people, you put us on boats. That's all right, though. <laughs> I don't want comfort. Right. I, don't I don't want don't comfort that. from you. I don't right. want your convenience. I don't want Matter your comfort. Fact, leave me the fuck alone. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> I'd rather be uncomfortable in this corner. I'm right. good. You don't have to talk to me. It's fine. You. It's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>, I'm good. <laughs> Ernesto. Ernesto okay. Valdez. <laughs> <laughs> we also got Malik and Kadaro for you. Malik, what up, man? Kadaro. Hey. Kadaro for you. <laughs> Ernesto said my favorite show in the AM. Good morning, BMO. As yes. first first lady of the house. Yes. Um, Naya said that was supposed to be the job of all the DEI offices put into place at these companies. Exactly. And now they're eliminating them. They are eliminating these DEI companies. But when I tell you, when I was sleeping with Superman, let me tell you something. I st- Nope, not today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope, not today. Not today. Still not there. They're eliminating them. Mm-hmm. That's because DEI is of the past. Oh, man, I got to upload this onto the OBS. But I have finally created my timeline of progression. <laughs> right? I have figured out all the places that we have formed new blueprints and how we can recognize them as old blueprints. The DEI move is tokenism. Yeah. Nigga, we was old. we got over tokenism in eighty one. It's twenty twenty three. I wasn't even born in eighty one. No. <laughs> anyway, we have one more thing we want to do. Mm-hmm. Speaking of new blueprints, we went to a wonderful gallery opening over the weekend at the Black Owned Alley Operated. Art of Noise right here in Washington, D.C. Make sure you go check them out at Art of Noise. It's a Z in there because you know how niggas do. <laughs> uh, I went to see, and I've told this nigga several times, I went to see our good friend, fellow Wake and Bake with Bemo Knight, new Black Brain Trust member, Maurice James, wait, Junior, right? Yeah. Maurice James Junior. That's it, right? I hope, boy, I hope I said it right. It's not like a football player, don't it? <laughs> uh, went to see Maurice's show this weekend at the Art of Noise opening. Uh, me and Maurice are going to do another amazing art talk. We'll do some great promo, and it'll be a beautiful situation. Might have an Urbane-esque Arsenio Hall-type feel to it. Anyway, went over to the gallery. I've said this to Maurice several times. Uh, oh, sweetheart, we done had Robin up this whole time. Oh, damn. Fuck. Damn. Uh, that's all right. I bet what I... It's okay. It's okay. I think it's the studio mode be twitting me, be yeah, crossing me up. Um, what was I about to say? Oh, we went to see Maurice's show over at Art of Noise. I've often told Maurice that he and, he and I got to be the same nigga. Because sometimes the thoughts that we be having, I be having thoughts, I don't say them out loud, and then I look on Maurice's page and he's depicting them artistically. It's like, God damn! Are we the same, nigga? <laughs> <laughs> so we went there over the weekend. Uh, I want to show you some of the P 
pieces and just some reactions. I want to encourage you to go over to the Art of Noise, go over to Art for the Black People. That is his Instagram, Maurice James Jr. Make sure you go over there to check that out. I just want to do a preview and just 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 riff off of some of the questions that I saw from some of these pieces and just take you through them. I think the the one that moved me first is the first one we're gonna see, sweetheart. It is the uh Oh, they cycling. Oh, you know what? Do me a favor. Uh, under Maurice, hit the Maurice Trust. Double click that. No, yep, double click it. Go from slide mode automatic to. Yep, yep. All right, man. The first one we're gonna see, I think, is the one that that moved me to. What up, Tommy? Good morning, man. Uh, the one that moved me first this morning uh, was the NAACP piece. You can go ahead and show us the art. So Maurice has these war bonds. These are printed pieces that he is uh, selling. The war bond goes, the funds go directly to fighting for black liberation. That's a war bond. You know what I mean? You mm -hmm. buy the piece, funds so to make sure you can shoot another bullet from the black liberation army. All right? That's how war bonds work. This first one, the national, read the thing at the bottom, sweetheart. Yeah. I think it's the National Association the national for Aeronautic colored people. Right. Yeah. So Maurice asked me this question while we're in the gallery. He was like, uh, when you look at this joint, can you imagine what black folks would have done if we hadn't been fighting for liberation, if we hadn't been fighting oppression? Right. He said, I think I'm a brilliant brother. I think you're a brilliant brother. But everything that we do seems to be directed towards the struggle. Right. Imagine if niggas could go to space. <laughs> right. Imagine if niggas were so free that we were focused on what we looked like in space. Right. And then the lady, in, lady house and I had the question like, what would black folks find in space that white people aren't looking for? Yeah. And one, so the first thing the lady house said was like vibranium because you know, that'd be a resource. I and mean, we say white people are also looking for that too. Right. What did we come up with? I said, uh, I said land like somewhere else to live. Oh, true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if niggas was in space, we'd have found a habitable planet already yeah. and we'd be gone. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and for majority of if the same niggas who was focused on liberating black bodies during the national during the civil rights movement were focused on what's in space we'd have found a new planet already because mm -hmm. this ain't it <laughs> niggas been saying that since 1619 this ain't it <laughs> this ain't it we gotta be somewhere else we gotta be from somewhere else Love this piece though. Love this yeah. piece because it just moves me. Uh, uh, um, Maurice is definitely, I don't want to say grown because grown feels like he was small before. Yeah. He's added tools to the toolbox. Right. He's put more rooms in the house. Mm -hmm. It was already a 12 mansion, 12 room mansion. Now, you know what I'm saying? Now we got a bowling alley out back. You know what I'm saying? We're just adding things to the house mm -hmm. that are really good. So like this NAACP, NAACP piece, he said, could have is very in a different Afro future. It is very plausible that instead of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, NAACP would have been just aeronautic colored people. Yeah. Mm. Love you, Maurice. Mm -hmm. Hit the next one. Hit the next one. See, I think uh, Drew mentioned Gil Scott Heron wrote Whitey on the Moon. Is Red is, exactly. That, wasn't there, I think there was a piece. Yes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, Drew, you got to meet uh, Maurice. Maurice, meet Drew. Drew, meet Maurice. Oh, this is just telling you how to get to the Art of Noise. If you're on Instagram right now, make sure you go check out Art of Noise. I think the closing 
is on August 26th. It is at uh, <clears throat> the closing for Maurice Pieces at uh, August 26th. What's the name of the gallery? What's the name of this exhibition? You remember? The Black, the black Trust? I, I got a business card somewhere. I think it's a Black Trust. Morrissey, if you're still here or not, if you're still here, let me know. R remind me real fast. You know, we do drugs. I, I'll be forgetting things. Hit the next dot. Right. Oh, yeah, it is the Black Trust. That's how I'm supposed to put that first. I just fucked up this morning, man. <laughs> the Black Trust at Art of Noise. This is the joint. It's so funny. And I, the reason why I say, like, me and Maurice must be on the same thinking pattern. Lady in the house, you can bear witness to this since when I get let go. March? April? March. March? Yeah. Since March, I have been brainstorming this idea. I've been really in this mindset of... And I hate to keep quoting him because I feel like the more I quote him on the show, the more people think I actually think he's a source of a source of information. But Dr. Umar said, who's building relevant black institutions? I've been thinking about the building of, of relevant black institutions since March. And in doing so, I've been reviewing my own family history and just other relevant black institutions. And I've been thinking about the black brain trust, the black brain trust, or it was, uh, Oh, the Black Cabinet is what is also called is a group of individuals during the 40s started by great-grand-aunt Mary McLeod Bethune, just individuals who were trying to actually activate some of the theories and some of the mindsets of blackness into practice. Mm -hmm. uh, and we can actually see some results of those things in modern life like all the time, like including the Tuskegee Airmen, um, a. Philip Randolph, A. Philip Randolph, yeah, A. Philip Randolph, uh, his efforts and such always come out of the, the Black Brain Trust. But anyway, I've been thinking about starting this new institution called the New Black Brain Trust. I hadn't told anybody. I invite Maurice over to start talking about the, uh, start talking about the Blueprint Parlors and the new Blueprint Newsletter and how I want to start this institution. And he came over with a piece of art in his hand, right? Yeah. He had a piece of art in his hand. And I said, I want to start the New Black Brain Trust. And he giggled, handed me the manila envelope. What's in this joint? Is this picture right here? The Black Trust. Yeah. We got to be the same nigga. We got to be the same dude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what up, Mio? Man, where you been, man? I ain't seen you in so long, Mudo. I ain't seen you in so long. <laughs> oh, you in New York? That's right. That's right. That's right. You in New York? I gotta come up to New York, man. It's been so long. I miss your energy, brother. Um. Okay, play play the last one, sweetheart. Play the last one. Yeah. <clears throat> the gathering spot. That's what we talked about today. We talked about the gathering spot. When I see this piece right here, I see that conversation in real life. Mm -hmm. uh, I just read. I just finished up. Um, <clears throat> do I got it right here? I just finished up. Pass me a song of Solomon if you can, sweetheart. I just finished up Toni Morrison's Song of Solomon. The Song of Solomon is a book. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's one of her few books that is written in the male perspective. Wonderful book, well written. Many times I was reading the book, I was like, I wanted to call Toni Morrison and be like, you motherfucker, this thing is good. <laughs> Girl, you writing in here, my God. Uh, but you can't because you did. Um, 
the book, one of the book's themes is like, what are we supposed to do with these niggas with money, right? The father of the protagonist, legacy money, uh, generational wealth, owns property all over town, et cetera, et cetera. In the book, he wants to buy a piece of land that is on this white-only restricted island. Mm-hmm. Um, his wife is against it. His family members are against it. His community is against it. But he wants to be excellent. He wants to whatever. So he goes and buys the place. And, of course, his community talks about him. His family talks about him. Everybody's talking about Uncle Tom, white nigga, why you want to get away from the black folks, et cetera, et cetera. When I see this piece, it just reminds me of the possibility of having that all black space that can exist without the ridicule, right? The Bruce's Beach, if you will. Yeah. Um, And not the reclaimed white spaces so that we can have exclusivity even away from my own community. When I see this joint, I just, you know, it just moved me. And I just wanted to share that with y'all. I'm to share these pieces with y'all, uh, show you how me and Maurice are in the same thinking pattern, which is really wild. Uh, but he is a definitely a wonderful and and brilliant artist. Definitely go check him out at Art of Noise. Be there till August 20th, right here in Washington D.C. Follow him on Instagram. Get a piece. Other thing that I saw at Art of Noise, sweetheart. These joints are selling. Oh yeah. Okay, Maurice. Let me let me get five dollars from like you. Hotcakes, huh? Like, like hotcakes. I saw. People putting stickers up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. These joints are selling. Okay. Okay. The art is doing numbers. Yeah. All right. And I want to do the part. I can't do the numbers right now, but I want to do the part. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do the part where we're sharing the art for the most of us and for the all of us, for the benefit of us, because I believe Morris is a brilliant artist and I, I'm really looking forward to more houses on the mansion, per se. Yeah. You feel me? Because this joint was great. Mm-hmm. This joint was beautiful. And the artist talk, oh, we're going to bring it. I'm trying to hold back right now because we're going to talk about some of the things in the artist talk. So we appreciate you, Maurice. I think he should be nominated for the Paul okay. Robes and Negro of the Week. What do you yeah, think? I agree. You accept this nomination? We have a new process for the Paul Robes and Negro of the Week now. <laughs> right? Okay. So I'm just going to do the nominating and you got to do the voting. All right? Okay. So our first nominee <laughs> for the Paul Robes and Negro of the Week. Maurice James Jr., all right? Everybody, give him a hand. Ladies. They won't get a joke unless you've been watching. (laughs) Uh, All right, before we go, I want to leave you with something special. Oh, we got any comments before I go? We got any comments? I want to hear from the people. Oh, what what was your thoughts from the black dress? Oh, it was beautiful. Um, Mm. So many, like, I feel like each piece required me to stand there for a few minutes to just take in every single detail because mm-hmm. there's so many different elements mm-hmm. of, you know, our history and blackness and mm-hmm. where we are as a people right now mm-hmm. to, you know, it required you to really take an in-depth look at the art. Yeah. And I'm also like, how does he, how does he, how does he do that? <laughs> it blows my mind. Like how? Like, yeah. Like, I don't know. Cause we know like, it's like, we know it's mixed medium. Right. Right. So we know it's collage. Oh, I mean, like, I mean, the whole the whole concept, like, and it's so clever, too. I'm like, how do you think to, you know, I don't know. juxtapose certain themes? I'm like, yeah. that's, that's brilliant. Yeah. It is. Yeah. You know what you don't see digitally that we really enjoyed at the joint? The paper. 
get old. Oh man. my god. That paper. Oh my god. Crazy. If you've been to the house, you know we got a little oh, got a little well, it's this it's still operational. Yeah. We got an operational print shop over here where we make little small batch projects and me and the lady of the house just go goo goo and god god for some paper, man. man. And the paper, the prints on these joints, the prints on the large scale joints, ooh, woo. And they were framed. We couldn't even touch them, but we could still tell. You can still I can feel them <laughs> through right. the glass. Right. Oh. Right. Oh. If you a nigga with money, go get you some Maurice Art, okay? <laughs> uh, okay, or save up, nigga. Right. Shit. <laughs> Cause goodness gracious. Yes, yeah, sweetheart. We did have to sit there for a while and like take in each piece individually. Mm-hmm. And the how is such a great the how of the how the art comes to come to, comes to play is a gr- such a great question. Cause yeah. I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah. No idea. And that's beautiful. Right. Mm. Right. All right. Before we go, we got any uh, we got any comments before we get out here? Uh. Oh, Naya said there are payment plans. Oh. Oh, broke niggas unite! Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> huh? Can I get a twenty year, two dollar a month plan? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Mundo Mio. He said, I miss you too, my boy. Uh, New York lovely, man. Looking forward to seeing you within the near future. Always a pleasure, my Gemini brother. Mm. Got to make it up to New York. That's what I got to do. That's what I got to do. Fedora said, good morning, family. What's up, man? Good morning. Good morning. Maurice said, beautiful review, my brother. Oh, thanks, brother. You know, we're going to hold you down. Back at the gallery Thursday. Okay, for sure. And then, yeah, you said their payment plans. Um... Chris said, it's like an MC with amazing lyrics and double, triple entendres. Exactly. 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 You're just on the record like, wow. Yeah. This is crazy. Right. Rewind that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. On YouTube, we mm-hmm, got, mm-hmm. if black people went in, Drew said, if black people went into space and colonized their own planets, it would only be a matter of time before it's War of the Worlds. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Damn. Very true. He also said in philosophy class I was in a philosophy class I was in, we theorized that in movies, green skinned aliens or characters are supposed to be a metaphor for black people. And I really think about that a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. That's a new thought. Um Drew said the biz- biggest example would be the scrolls in Marvel Comics. They were originally villains and were invading white spaces. Oh, Okay, okay, okay. It became such a quote-unquote threat that the Avengers destroyed their home world and they became refugees. Today, Marvel sees how problematic that is and changed their story up. Now, the new secret invasion show is basically a metaphor for black radicals trying to take over. Interesting. I like this alien theory you got going on here. I'm going to have to dig into that some more. Hmm. Yeah, we... um. One of my English classes, our professor also made that same. Mm-hmm. Black folks is aliens. Yeah. Huh. I think we were watching District Nine. I want to say. It's now that makes sense in District Nine. Yeah. What else we got? That's it. Um. Yeah, pretty much. Because you know what time it is. <laughs> you know what time it is, right? I need a roach. Hold on. <laughs> it's time for the burning question. I ain't got no roach. Oh, here you go one. Uh- 
what was the first thing we talked about? So this morning's this morning we have spoken about um, the responsibility of giving jobs from black folks to black folks, the types of ownership. We talked about Maurice. We talked about white girl bingo. For some reason, we had a random critique of Kevin Hart and Ann. Let's let's well, take, take off it. the Maurice Jones. Oh, Should I? okay. Let's take it back to Maurice though. Okay. What's your What was your favorite piece and why? Or maybe what was the theme of your favorite piece? Favorite is tough, but I'll say this: uh, the NAACP joint really moved me. It was okay. the joint that moved me especially in lieu of this conversation we had this morning is the john henry joint mm. i don't find mm, i've had three conversations about john henry this is my third conversation about john henry in the mm -hmm. last like two days yeah uh and i have been thinking about how that story of john henry i think i presented it to trey the other day that i i had thought that john henry i love john henry because it's one of the oldest african-american folklore stories mm -hmm. Um, and it tells the story of grit versus uh, ingenuity, I guess, and how grit always wins, but it will kill you. Because John Henry won. Right. But then his heart gave out. Mm -hmm. He died. And then the machine went on and did another mountain, and like they've got all about John Henry. Mm -hmm. uh, but in this morning's conversation, as we were talking about, <clears throat> briefly as we were talking about like um, the AI situation, I feel like we're getting ready to have another John Henry moment again. Mm. Uh, and so seeing the war bond from Maurice with the with the Pan-African flag in the background, with the red, green, and black flag in the background of John Henry out front, I feel like we need we might have to lean on John Henry again. Okay. Which then makes me think, like, what was the lesson of the John Henry story? Mm-hmm. In the African-American folklore in which John Henry wins and then dies, what was the lesson? Right. Did we get it wrong? That's what's moving me right now. Like, yeah. John Henry is a hero. Yes. Why? And is that an old blueprint? I think we have to talk about it on Thursday when we talk about the strike and AI. Mm -hmm. I think we have to talk about the John Henry thought. Yeah. Is John Henry an old blueprint? Interesting thoughts, sweetheart. Thank you for bringing it up. Is mm -hmm. John Henry an old blueprint? Should we be building machines to tear down mountains? Right. Or should we just be swinging hammers? I feel like we've been swinging hammers for a long time. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> Hmm. A thought. Okay, sweetheart. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Good thought. Good thought. All right, y'all. We're going to leave you there. We'll see you on Thursday for the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week. We'll definitely give out some more nominations for them. We have the, uh, like we're going to talk about John Henry and AI and, uh, and the SAG and the Writers uh, Guild strike that's happening in Hollywood and how that extrapolates to some of the creativity that uh, that is happening in, in your life and how you can express yourself and maybe, maybe an opportunity for you. Um, it's at the top. Um, 
Yeah, so if you want to catch, so definitely check, check us out on Thursday. If you want to catch the instant preview or the instant review of what happened on today's show, go, show, go over to YouTube. If you're on Instagram right now, we really appreciate you, but we're going to, we we doing all the work on YouTube right now, so definitely hit the YouTube or hit the Twitter. If you're on Facebook, go to Facebook, I suppose. <laughs> if you listen to the podcast, definitely tell a friend and tell a friend. If you made it to the end of the podcast, text me right now. Text me right now if you made it to the end of the podcast. Okay, I may I may give you a dollar or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll see you on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you to the Washington Former Bridge. Got to call the drug man here in a minute, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Good morning. Hold on tight, let this feeling slip away. Yes, it is. Happy feelings, break a babble in your mind. Don't be amazed. Find yourself, learn your joys and pains. Live your voice and sing. The sounds of your heart, don't you worry about a thing. And don't forget your lyrics. This is a reminder of joy every time you hear it. Just worry about this joy. Smile, you can wear it. Contagious, won't you share it? Let love lose, don't fear it. Just that black boy joy. Black boy joy up on your brain. Let this black boy joy get you some game. Black boy joy, get up again. Black boy joy through all the pain. Black boy joy, say it again. One more time, get this black boy joy up on your brain. Let this black boy joy get you some game. Black boy joy, get up again. Black boy joy through all the pain. Black boy joy, say it again. Where I was raised, black boys was being destroyed. I grew up a black boy, they I stole my joy. Nobody put on my neck, so I do it for Floyd. Do it for Tamir Rice and for the underemployed. For the ones that gave back, communicated, deployed. I want to give you a rope so that you can abort. I want to give you a hope so that you can avoid having to be a black man without no black boy joy. So get this black boy joy up on your brain. Let this black boy joy get you some game. Black boy joy, get up again. Black boy joy through all the pain. Black boy joy, say it again. One more time, get this black boy joy up on your brain. Let this black boy joy get you some game. Black boy joy, get up again. Black boy joy through all the pain. Black boy joy, say it again. For us, it's easier to go to jail than to go to college. Rather us be entertainers than be getting knowledge. They funded our own genocide. The word is power. Killing niggas in every song. I think it's coward. Easier to act tough when you and down because the world incriminates us. Cause we in down. Are we afraid of our own kind? And it's really wild. I think they got us backwards, but I figured out it's easier to fit in than it is to stand out. So I'm black boy joy when I'm cruising around. And I'm black boy joy fresh hitting the town. And I'm black boy joy dancing, cleaning the house. And I'm black boy joy when I go for a hike. Been black boy joy since I was riding a bike. My son, black boy joy, and that's crazy to me. I was miserable growing up. I really hated it, G. But the world is much bigger than I was able to see. So get this black boy joy up on your brain. Let this black boy joy get you some game. Black boy joy, get up again. Black boy joy through all the pain. Black boy joy, say it again. One more time. Get this black boy joy up on your brain. Let this black boy joy get you some game. Black boy joy, get up again. Black boy joy through all the pain. Black boy joy, say it again. Smile.